Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And what? we're back to Browns cast, everybody. <laughs> I am Matt, and this is Taylor. You know the guys that talk the Browns here on, on WFMY. And I just wanted to make a quick statement before we jumped in. If you had any doubts about this defense, I hope and sure as shit hope you don't feel that now. <laughs> Find this- God. <laughs> this is a defense that held a team that was scoring 30 points every game up until this point to 17. And sure, people will say, oh, no, Christian McCaffrey, where's Debo Samuel, this, that, the other. Dude, they made Brock Purdy look human for the first time in his young starting NFL career. You made him look like the guy everybody feels he is, a system quarterback that literally shit himself as we saw not even – Like 30 minutes ago, the game just ended maybe 20, 30 minutes ago. I am hyped. I am excited to talk Browns. How are you feeling, Taylor? I'm feeling uh, pretty damn good. (laughs) Um, I just just, kind of want to add on to this. Um, That that 49ers team, I had to look this up because I wanted to be sure. Uh, They had not only scored more than 20 points in every game that their quarterback didn't tear his UCL. Um, they scored 30 points in most of these games, uh, dating back. They haven't scored fewer than 20 points since November 7th, uh, 27th of last year, week 12 of last year. And this is what this Browns defensive unit just did to them. They held them to 17 points. They gave that offense that we saw a PJ Walker that threw two costly interceptions, one in the first drive and one that should have probably ended the game for him, but that it kept him in it just long enough to kick a field goal and then allow Jake Moody, the rookie kicker, to just fl- flat out shank it. Like, yeah, so that's the defense. first time Salute kicking in Cleveland, he, he is going to give it about a, a one star on Yelp. <laughs> like, For sure. That was, he, he was, uh, what, two of three? <laughs> like, or one of three? Not, not what you want um, from your kicker. Uh, we, we've, We've seen plenty of that over the years, but yeah, um, this is this is obviously going to be a pretty high energy Browns Browns cast for here uh, here for a little bit. That <laughs> that um, that was a lot. <laughs> there was there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of twists and turns in that um, because I think for so long we've been conditioned that oh well the defense is going to the blow it and to be honest they almost did but. Like yeah, they got lucky in that last drive, but <laughs> yeah, they, they got bailed out on that last drive. But you know what goes around comes around. They had put in so much work before that that the defense alone deserved to win that game, even even before that um, the miss. Like you you held the Niners, who are averaging some obscene number of yards. They had 215 total yards. 84 of them came on their first drive. And, and then, what about 45 of them came on the the last drive? Yeah, like yeah, after the penalty they got 
like 30, 40 more yards on t- attached to that drive. Yeah. And like that, that was about as good a performance as you can ask for from any, any unit on the field. And the Browns defense not only proved that they are real, they proved that they deserve the praise that they were getting from Greg Olson before the game when, when he called him a Super Bowl caliber defense. Um, the, if these guys stay healthy, if you can stop the 49ers like that, even even considering the injuries, if you can stop the 49ers like that, you can stop anyone. Yeah, like that should be like... There, there's not a better schemed offense in the league than that offense. And we know Kyle Shanahan. He's been, we've seen him in Cleveland. We've seen him in Atlanta. We've seen him in the, the with the 49ers. Like he is about as as much a mastermind on offense as anybody in the NFL. So like, oh, again, like I said, credit the defense. Get your T-shirts. Buy up as many as you can because you know all these Cleveland T-shirt companies are going to be ra- racking up sales for all the defensive like slogans or whatever they're going to come up with by tomorrow. I can't. I can't wait to see some of the the locker room reaction on Twitter, because uh, a lot of that that jawing pregame was directed at the defense from offensive players. Oh yeah. So I, I wonder where that's going to lead, um, because I, I can't imagine they're gonna they're gonna kind of they'll be humbled to an extent, but. If we get some comments, it's definitely going to be some juicy ones from the more like talkative guys. Like it probably like uh, I'm trying to think who 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 that might be. Maybe like J. Not J. Thornhill. Yeah, Thornhill for sure. Um, Maybe we'll we'll definitely hear something. Maybe Miles will say something funny, but I don't think he'll say anything. Yeah, he'll say something witty. I think I think we'll get something good out of Greg Newsom. We might get. Actually, have we ever heard Martin Emerson talk? I don't feel as far like as I know, I have not heard much. that man talk. <laughs> I don't think we've heard him very much. But um, by the way, first career interception, good for him, man. Yeah, that was that was good. And uh, Newsom almost had his first. <laughs> Would have been a lot less stressful at the end of the game had he just gotten his first. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, that was. I, I think I, I I kept thinking back to that comment. It was from a uh, the Locked On Niners guys when they did the crossover pod this week. And I, I kept thinking about it this whole game. They don't know what a Brock Purdy loss looks like. I think the Browns defense just showed you what a Brock Purdy loss looks like. Yep. He's, he's not, not been big. flustered like that in the, what is it now, um, 13 games he started? I mean, he yeah, tore his UCL in one of them. So, like. Yeah, that's the one that he looked the most rattled, the most human that I've seen of him. Yeah, he was he was m- missing passes that you'd usually expect him to make that he's made for his entire tenure starting. He he's been very good at when he's pressured a little bit, he'll get the ball to the right spot, but like in the third and fourth quarter, he saw guys Browns defensive linemen coming around the edge or blitzing linebackers coming up the middle and he just kind of fired it. Yeah, he was kind of backpedaling and throwing some off his back foot. It was just like it was kind of jarring because like I've been someone that has said all week, don't disrespect Brock Purdy, but this is going to fuel all the Brock Purdy doubters this game for oh, sure. Oh yeah, this is this is it's amazing. The Browns defense is going to do that to someone, but 
<laughs> Considering the things we've watched over the years, we've watched Bailey Zappi come and torch us, and we just shut down a quarterback that hadn't lost in the league yet. So, like, I mean, I think what was, he was sitting less than 100 yards going into that final drive. Yeah, and he got, I think he got like 30 or 40 of them just on that drive alone. Yeah, he finished at 125. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's all that, um, who caught that bat? The, the, Pass Ayuk. That's all that play. Oh yeah. So, I mean, PJ Walker coming in, and uh, I mean, was it great? No. Uh, was, was it, it even enough? good? Was it even good? Uh, there was moments. <laughs> I don't think if you're just looking purely on the stat sheet, you're just gonna say it's a good game. But I think it was just enough. They won. But he didn't. He ne- even after he threw the pick early on and late, he like he came back after that pick late and d- drove them down the field on like a thirteen play drive to get a field goal that kept them in the game. Mm-hmm. And then, and the, we kind of talked about this briefly in the preview. Kyle Shanahan kind of had one of his weird play calling gaffes again, where he forgets to respect the defense, and yeah. with a one point lead. And three minutes to go, just throws the ball three times. Yeah, he kind of just – he's always had that kind of arrogance in his play calling where it's like I can do and whatever some of that's I earned. Some of that's earned, but it happened – it's happened in both Super Bowls. And we saw it happen again today. I, I mean, obviously, I don't watch the Niners, so I don't know how much it's happened in the last couple of years. But, like, that that's kind of a – baffling decision by him. And I, I imagine people from San Francisco are going to want to know why he did that. But it was, I mean, that that kept the Browns in the game because they ran, what, like 14 seconds off the clock in that entire possession? Yeah, it was uh, intent. Wasn't it? It was an intentional grounding, uh, incomplete, incomplete, and then that was the drive. So that was pretty much how it, like, it, it only took 14 seconds. And yeah. it gave the Browns offense a chance to take the lead back. Looking at the drive summary here, uh, they got the ball with three minutes and 21 seconds to go, went three plays for negative one yard, and the Browns got the ball back at uh, 2.56. Mm. So 25 seconds. Wow. <laughs> like 25 seconds with a one-point lead against a third-string quarterback. You just got to burn clock. Yeah, that's where even without McCaffrey in the game, you, that's one where, hey, trust your offensive line and your running backs. Yeah, just, you don't even have to get the first down. Just force the Browns to use timeouts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this these are the kind of things that we would typically yell at Browns coaches for. And it happened – the Browns benefited from it today. And sometimes um, – like, On top of some ref ball that was happening during the game, we can probably talk about that. I, I mean, I, I have this ongoing semi-joke that the refs were going on vibes, but like <laughs> the ref, the vibe the refs were going on that game was, I want to hear myself talk. Yeah, we, man, I heard him so much. I, I like, he, he had, it felt like he had to over-explain everything because like he d- couldn't form, he could not, figure out what the judgment was and they had to re-explain. It was just such a mess overall. When when both teams are when you when you have 25 combined penalties in a game, 12 on one team, 13 on the other, 
that's almost not a team problem. At that point, it's an officiating no. group problem. They were just they were call, over calling things today, and it, it happens. Um, it, there was calls that benefited the Browns. There was calls that benefited the Niners. I think in the end, it was probably a wash. But yeah, it's kind of like in MLB when like a manager will be like called both ways. They kind of called it both ways in terms of the penalties. Yeah. They sucked out. ass both ways. <laughs> <laughs> like. It's what happens. Yep, <laughs> they were equally bad, so they get you get equally bad, bad treatment from both sides. Yeah, but I just don't think we can say enough about this defense and what they did. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they they before that drive, I think they when they showed the stat right before that drive started, the uh, the Niners had twenty one yards of offense in the second half. Um, and then what they get on that last drive, fifty two. So 73 yards of offense in the second half, 52 on a desperation drive at the end. Like, like I don't, you, you, you literally cannot ask for any more than what the Browns defense did today. Like what they did, regardless of it, of the injuries, like it was remarkable seeing it, like seeing JOK play one of the best games of his career, being disruptive, basically ter- speeding up Brock Purdy's clock the entire game. It, it was like it was remarkable. He he, Brock Purdy may see Dalvin Tomlinson in his sleep for the next three weeks, <laughs> and that's a big man. So he's he's a scary, <laughs> got a scary face. So like he was he was eating the interior lineman for the 49ers alive on most plays. Yeah, and that that was like a weak spot that I think people forgot was that sure Trent Williams gets like all the credit, but the rest of their offensive line is just okay, and depending on who they face, could get eaten alive, and it turned out Dalvin Tomlinson was right for the job. Yeah, and to be honest, like people are going to say, oh, well, where was Miles Garrett that whole game? Um, he, he finished with three tackles and no sacks, but his, his pass rush win rate's going to be extremely high. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, on the interception play, he was the one who pressured – uh, Purdy into throwing it sooner than he wanted. Um, he made a couple other plays throughout the game that just put Purdy off of his spot. And I think that was the most important thing the Browns defense could have done is they just, they, they made Brock Purdy feel a defense for the first time. The Shanahan offense almost takes all of um, it makes the defense react to the offense. And this time they were basic, yeah, they were on their heels the entire game. Like they could not find a suitable like counter for anything that that Browns defense had. And no, and obviously, you know, when you lose Debo Samuel early, uh, and then you lose you lose McCaffrey in the second half, um, you know, you kind of lose some of what that offense is is able to do. Um, I did call. What, what did I, I called those, uh, those two in that offense, nuclear warheads earlier this week. Yeah. Nu- yeah. Nuclear warheads. Yeah. Right? And by the end of the game, the, uh, the Niners were attacking the Browns defense fortified positions with, uh, pistols. So like, some plays are going to work, like, but like machine guns and like tanks. <laughs> yeah. Some plays are going to work, but the majority of the plays that the the that were run 
uh, with the Browns defense on the field, the Browns defense won the play, which, you know, I don't want to say, oh, well, the Niners weren't, aren't used to that, so they didn't know what to do. But, like, it's true. Like, everything the Niners have done on offense this season has worked. Yeah, like we saw last week, the Cowboys probably a defense that is not too far behind the Browns, and they sh- basically got exposed. And with the Browns, this was like their statement game in terms of like, guys, we're legit. And we've been we've been showing you this entire time, even though you guys haven't taken it seriously yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Niners, the Niners weren't gonna uh they weren't gonna go undefeated. Um I mean, they're a very complete team. They're they're not they don't feel like a team that's gonna go undefeated. No. So they were gonna get a loss at some point. I <laughs> I can't imagine that they thought it was going to be today. I don't think we I mean, granted none of us picked the Browns and so none of us thought it was going to be today either, but <laughs> and we're happy. We're wrong. Just yeah, to say yeah, that. Like I, I'm happy. I didn't get that point, but uh, or those two points, but like th- this was a statement game from the Browns defense. And now you kind of, you kind of shift expectations going the rest of the season now, because yeah. now you've, like they had a bad game against the Ravens, but like you had no confidence in the offense that day. Um, I think the I think the whole team was kind of shell shocked by not having Deshaun out there. I think they kind of had embraced that we're gonna go out, like if we're gonna do this, it has the defense at least. If we're gonna do this, it has to be us. Mm-hmm. And they they did everything they could to make that happen. And they finally got a takeaway. They still finished the game minus one in takeaways, but like, like, yeah, it, it's <laughs> they still need to fix that turnover problem, but yeah. Um, but you know, you, you send out two different quarterbacks over two different games and you're going to have, you know, five interceptions is going to happen. Yeah, That's the, that's going to be the weird thing about this year. People will try to use the turnover thing as kind of like, Oh, this might be a weak spot, but really it, it's kind of like the noise of the sample. Yeah, it's skewed a little bit. Obviously, they had a bad night in Pittsburgh, um, but the the last two games have kind of there's some five interceptions. So like, if the like I don't I don't want to say that the Browns would have run them out of the stadium if Deshaun Watson plays because I think that's a different game. I, I think I do think that having the backup quarterback out there may have got caused the defense to take more of the pressure on themselves to play even better. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you get that same result with your starting quarterback out there. Obviously I don't think they're going to say, Oh, well, we have our quarterback. And it's if I can do nothing. Um, but I think everything kind of came together. The Browns coming off a bye, the Niners coming off of a huge win against a rival. That was a big statement win on national television. Um, coming to the East Coast for what is essentially a 10 a.m. game for them, playing in crappy weather. Uh, like, it, it, if, if it was going to happen... This was the game. It, it, this was, like, the perfect storm of things happened for the, for the Browns to be able to win. And for once, we've seen this a lot over the years where the Browns take a team by surprise and the defense has a really good day and the offense does just enough. But, like... Today wasn't a, oh, maybe this defense has something. And then they go and get beat by 30 the next week. <laughs> this is a, a co- like, I don't want to say coronation because that's a little extreme, but like, this is vindication for those that th- 
thought that have seen this defense play and thought this is real and that had to kind of take a back seat the last two weeks after watching Lamar kind of tear him apart on two drives and on two drives. Um, but that was all they needed that day because the Browns weren't going to score. Yeah. Yeah. I would say also just like, this was also kind of vindication of, uh, for, I would say for Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, sure. Like PJ Walker didn't have the greatest day in the world, but you could tell with the proper preparation and not being blindsided at 1030 or 1130 when uh, Deshaun was not playing that he can come up with something that works. And I think I think I also saw the stat, which sounded really surprising, that this is his first double-digit comeback in his coaching career, which I'm kind of <laughs> struck by. But, wow. I think it might be one of the first times in a while that they've won a game where they trailed in the fourth quarter. Um, and I was kind of – I kind of teased you with this in the before we started the pod, but – we, we, we're not, we haven't talked about the Browns offense a whole lot today so far, but I want you to guess how many total yards they had. Total yards. So PJ had over 200, like the, no, run. he didn't. Oh, he didn't. Nope. Oh, okay. okay. So maybe over 300 yards. They got to 334. Oh. So on what was a slow, what we thought was a slow offensive day. They still put up 334 yards of offense. Yeah. The, like, the Niners had 215. <laughs> like, yeah, like they found stuff that worked. Like they, there was some run, there were some get like they had some big they had stuff. some big plays mixed up in there. They had like seven screens called back, which sucked. But <laughs> <laughs> poor poor David Ajoku, he can't catch a break at all. Yeah. But you know, they, for as much as people want to rag on Stefanski, and I, and you, you kind of saw it creep in when that, when that uh, second and goal or the second and eight pass was nearly picked off with them two minutes to go. He should have just tucked in and ran. He shouldn't have took that risk. Yeah, that was that that wasn't a play calling problem. <laughs> that was yeah, a. That, that's a player just thinking, <laughs> I'm going to end the game here and almost killing killing their chances of winning. Yeah, that was very similar, but. You know, maybe this is a, a good a good uh, feeling for where the season's going to go. That was exactly the kind. That was the exactly the play against the Chargers that last year that Brissett got picked off yeah. in the end zone late in the game, going to take a lead. Yeah, that's just luckily the ball bounced your way this time instead of into the other player's hand. Like that's you got lucky there, and yeah, sometimes it, that happens. Sometimes, sometimes. Like, I know we had a lot of shit luck against the Steelers, but I almost think that that this game with the magnitude of this game balances it out. Like, yes, you'd love to have the Steelers win because you'd be four and one right now. But total total vibe correction here. Yeah, like it. Oh, that's why this this game felt like it almost felt like this game was bound to happen. Like I was telling coworkers, I was telling people in the discord, the NFL is a weird game. Like we, we sometimes view the NFL almost like college where like, it's going to be a flat out beat down, but the NFL is such a weird game. We see these kind of games all the time that, and I told people like, 
it crazier things have happened. The Browns could pull it off. Sure, it might be a little weak. It might be a weird way of doing it, but it's it happens in the NFL because both sides are really good. It just happens to be yeah. like it's just that type of game. Yeah, imagine how uh, imagine how Dolphins minus twelve betters felt when the Panthers went up fourteen nothing today. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were probably shitting their pants. Luckily, they flipped the score, and it's like a twenty yeah. something victory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Panthers probably weren't going to win that game, but like, oof. <laughs> I mean, I know we picked the spread here for our in our. We actually picked the spread this week for the Browns, and you know they were my, what what they go in minus nine and a half. I think was yeah the minus nine and a half. Like that's why I felt like that's like that never happens in the NFL. Like usually. So that's why no, not not if both was... teams are good. Like, yeah, she like if PJ Walker goes out there and pees down his leg, sure they'll probably lose by twenty. But he's been around long enough that that's probably not going to happen. So, yeah, sure he had those two picks, but he did enough, and that's kind of what this game needed was just enough decent plays to get you through. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. Your, your outlook on the next few games changes dramatically now because I think we were kind of doing the schedule game in our own heads with, um, well, we're probably not going to win this game. So to keep the season alive, we're going to need to win three of the next five. But now, like, obviously you'd still want to win those games, but the outlook changes so much because you've now, you now have so much proof of concept. You beat the team that, no one, like, not only did no one think you were going to beat him this week, no one had seen this team lose in so long that people had forgotten how they lose. Yeah, like, it was just, I, I dubbed them the machine the entire week. Like, yeah, the machine is going to roll, but at some point, the machine is going to, like, bust, like, bust. It'll have an oil leak. It'll have something that'll cause a chink in the armor. Like, this was the chink in the armor game that the – Niners have not had in almost two, like one and a half years. You want to, you want to know the last time they lost as, uh, imagine what was likely an underdog or as a favorite. How much? It was, it was week six last year. <laughs> they <laughs> lost to the Falcons. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know who started in that. I'm going to try to figure it out, but like, they haven't lost a regular season game since October 23rd, 2022. Wow. Almost a year. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like people had forgotten how this team loses. Yeah. I, like that, that that's kind of how things were going. And like, like this game, like, like I said earlier in my almost like WWE like intro, like th if you had any concerns after what happened to the Ravens game, which I felt were unfounded because of just how the game played out, this should erase all of it. You should not have any concerns from the personnel, the coach, anybody that is playing out there. They might be good enough to carry you for however long Deshaun's out. It could be two weeks. It could be three. I feel fairly confident they could find a way somehow. I mean, who they have next week? I think it's Indy, right? Yeah. Indy just got boat raced by the Jaguars. So, and they're a much worse team. <laughs> well, I mean, they they have gotten back to four and two, so I don't know how bad the Jags actually are. But, um, I mean, 
I think I think they were down. Yeah, they were down thirty-one to six in that game. So it, it the this is the the defense is so good that it gives the offense so much leeway, especially like. I don't think you want you you want to say oh yeah let let Deshaun get healthy um, yeah him, like let him sit out two or three more weeks as, as a precaution great. yeah like you want him to come back but I think because honestly I've seen PJ Walker play now this is I've seen him play more than anyone in Cleveland <laughs> because <laughs> I watched him down here he's good for one of these games every three. Mm-hmm. So you send him out there next week. And honestly, today wasn't even that good of a game. It just wasn't a horrible game. Um, I will tell you, most games he started for the Panthers, he did not throw for 100 yards. So don't, don't go down the route of let's just play him and see how this goes. Well, right, no. No, PJ yeah, well, Walker is a, good, is a decent enough stopgap. He played very well today on a week of prep against a good defense. You do not want to run him out there every week. Oh no. Like this he it's fine if he turns into like a folk hero for a, like a week or two. Like like that's fine. If that's all it is, that's cool with me. I saw I saw Ben Axelrod tweet before the game that if they win today, I'm going to buy a PJ Walker jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if there's a PJ a guy in a PJ Walker jersey by next week. <laughs> Hell, you might walk, you might show up to the preview show in a PJ Walker jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't made money, but I might. <laughs> Just a, a ten taped to your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, y- you still want your guy back, um, but PJ Walker did what he needed to do, and the 49ers kicker did what we wanted him to do. <laughs> The one time a rookie kicker looks like a rookie kicker. I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, if you saw what the Browns are now putting on the scoreboard when opposing teams kick, but he might actually see that dog face in his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that, that's great. That's great. Uh, and I know I, I keep using that analogy, but like that when you miss two field goals like that and you've seen the same thing twice, it's going to haunt you. That orange eyed dog is going to haunt his dreams for a couple days. Yep. Um, but I mean, just, if there was anything this team needed, it was today. Yeah. Like it would have been, it would have been so easy probably. And, and probably some people thought that they were just going to roll over and die. And just this game would have been another like another wood for the fire just type of game where we have all these overreactions, all these different takes that have just been circulating for like two weeks before this game happened. And it's just a good palate cleanser that we as fans just needed. Yeah. I don't, I don't think um, when, when PJ Walker threw that pick after the Niners went up seven uh, Oh, I, uh, I had a brief moment of, what else can I do today? <laughs> I, I definitely was sitting on this couch like, oh boy. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but it don't look good so far. And I, I think I saw like Andrew's like thing in the Discord where it was like, 
Uh, did we overrate the Brown, Browns defense after the first drive? I, I This is where I wanted to say, like, don't overreact. But I didn't want to call, come up as an ass and, and say that. So I just waited. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think, I mean, again, there's no better schemed offense in the league than the Niners. They've now scored 38 points on their six opening drives. Yeah, like <laughs> so, they were- they were going they're, to score points. They're very good in on the opening drives. That game script that's that uh, not so fancy that Shanahan puts out. Money, money, just <laughs> like just bank on them scoring. It, it, like I thought that they might be able to hold them to a field goal and kind of keep it keep it low, but uh, yeah, if you had a Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown, that was the one to catch. <laughs> like you know, he's going to score eventually. That was the one he did on the first drive. You know, obviously he missed the second half of the game for the most part. I think he had one catch, but he finished the game with 52 total yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that was another thing. Like if they held him in check, that's another way they were going to win this game. And for the most part, they did when he was out there. Yeah, he finished the game with 11 carries for 43 yards. 27 yards came on that long that long run on the first drive. So... 10 carries for 16 yards otherwise. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. I Personally, I thought that the – I guess it was kind of a indicative of what we were going to see uh, the rest of the day, but I thought that that 15-yard um, that penalty on that run was a little lame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like there was – there was certainly <laughs> – there's certainly harder 15-yard uh, harder penalties for shoving a guy out of bounds. Yeah, that, um, that came off as a little bit soft, but that kind of set the tone for what the refs were doing all day. Yeah, I do think that that was kind of balanced out by the the um, hit on a defensive The helmet receiver. hit that wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that was very obviously a hit on a defenseless receiver, um, and that's how they called it, but I don't know if you necessarily – I don't know if the rule states that you have to hit them in the head for it to be a hit on a defenseless receiver. But that's kind of what it looked like in real time, so I kind of get why they leaned in that direction. Yeah, and honestly, if we start reviewing those plays like college, then this game, which took a metric lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, this it, we did not need this game to continue for five hours. This was not the type of game. We, we almost, well, 25 penalties will do that, but we almost got to a four-hour football game that did not have overtime. <laughs> like it was insane. Like, like it were. It's almost like it's five nineteen as we're recording this. It's like it. It yeah. It didn't feel like it ended not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, I feel like we missed the first quarter of some of those some of those late games. We might have. I don't know for sure, but I mean. We keep coming back to it. I, I can't imagine a better a better result for today. I mean, obviously, a win is the best result you can get. But, like, yeah. just for the general aura, not even of the fan base, of everyone, the team, like, the coaches. Yeah, this was like the a fans. gut check game. <laughs> the front this office. This was just a gut check game that they kind of needed to, to show some resolve. Because I I get why fans are like this. They they feel like the sky is falling every five seconds. They're not the ones playing, so I get it. 
But this was just a game to show that we we can hold our ground it, while adversity is happening. Like, this yeah. is the type of game that they needed to show to the fans. Like, hey, things will be all right. We can we can hold down the fort while things are a little rocky. We are still a good team. <laughs> Regardless of how everyone's treated us for the last two weeks and how our last game came out came came out and like we're still a good team. <laughs> yeah, you're three and two and you're still in the thick of the AFC North race. You're three and two and your next three are against Teams that I uh, well, yeah, your next three I think are against teams that are. The, I mean, the Seahawks are three and two as well. Um, but they kind of got held in check by the Bengals, who, like we mentioned, are not the caliber of defense the Browns are. So yeah, the 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 Seahawks three wins. The Lions win is good. Mm. The Panthers win is not is the Panthers. They uh, they gave up twenty seven points to the Panthers. Eh. Um, <laughs> and then they beat the Giants. Also, eh. yeah, whoop de doo. You beat D- Danny Derps. Whoop de freaking do. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, beat Danny Derps. <laughs> like, the Seahawks are, I mean, they're going to be at home. It's going to be a tough trip for the Browns. Like, yeah, like, I'm not saying it's not going to be difficult, but I. They won't be favored. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll probably be favored on the road against the Colts next week, uh, even though the Colts are three and three. Um, Gardner Minshew put up a lot of garbage time stats, but I don't think he was very good today. You should expect to beat Uncle Rico. Let's be honest. Uh, and then the Cardinals are a team that exists. Yeah, it's another team you, you can get that on as, as well. Yeah, I mean, if you – not going to – I mean, obviously, we're kind of high, yeah, we, we, yeah, high on this win. We're kind of high on this win. Yeah. It, if, you, if you're able to roll off the next three in a row and get – what would that be? Get to six and two? Oh, we're partying in the streets, baby. We're- You're at six and two with the Broncos, Rams, Bears, Texans, and Jets still on the schedule, and a Steelers uh, game against the Steelers at home, and a game against yeah. the Bengals. And historically, you've beat the Steelers at home. So, like, you, that- we've we've beaten the Steelers at home pretty consistently since Stefanski got here. Um, I think we. I think have they beaten us here? No. Uh, it was Big Ben's last game in, at the stadium, but yeah, it was like 2019. Stefanski wasn't there yet. Um, what was? Oh wait, yeah, yeah. 20, yeah. 2020, they won in Cleveland in the last week of the season mm-hmm. to go to the playoffs. Twenty twenty one, I don't remember. <laughs> what a blur of a year. Twenty twenty two was the Thursday night game in week three. Yeah, I don't remember 2021. Oh, no. 2021 was the game on Halloween where Jarvis Landry forgot his hands. Yes, that's the one I was talking about. Yeah. So they're, what, two and two and one at home against the Steelers and uh, Stefanski's tenure. So not perfect, but the game that they lost, I don't think was necessarily on him. I think they, they, they beat themselves that game. Like it was like a 15 to 10 win for the Steelers. Yeah, it was. Um, just another one of those frustrating, weird losses that they had in that that season. <laughs> uh, but I think I think we're starting to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, <laughs> Just a little bit. I, I did. I did. I, I think he kind of 
padded his stats with some long runs late, but those count because you're still they were still chasing the the Niners when he made those runs. Uh, Jerome Ford had his best start um, of of his career to this point. Yeah, Kareem um, also the- had his best game since like in a while. Like it felt like he the old man found some found some juice that he hadn't had in a while. I mean, he doesn't have the speed juice anymore, but he still has the power juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still a battering ram. He's just not as fast anymore. Yeah, uh, like that. And I put this in the Discord. That screen uh, that he caught, I think it was in the third quarter, um, four years ago. That's that's a fifty yard gain. Oh yeah, because he he was he had no one in front of him but blockers, and <laughs> he got run down from behind by a linebacker. So that kind of tells Fred you where Warner. he's at. That's Fred Warner, yeah. Yeah, I mean Fred Warner's good, but he's like eh, getting run run down from behind by a linebacker is not great. Um, his touchdown run was fun. Uh, we had the um, the uh, God. It was like a Harrison Bryant. The, Har- the Harrison Bryant toss. The Harrison pitch. Bryant package is a very interesting. It's a yeah. very interesting package. The fact that the fact that we have trained our tight end to not only take snaps and and, uh, and do QB sneaks because our quarterback in, is honestly prone to fumbles, and two kind of slender. Uh, so you don't really want him to do that job. So we've trained a tight end to do it because we don't have Jacoby Brissett anymore. So why not just do have a tight end do it? Yeah, We're not really can, using Harrison Bryant for much else. Yeah, and he's been all right so far. And but the and, but the fact that we're running toss sweeps off that like is, that was a fun wrinkle. Is like something. I don't even think the I don't even think the Niners expected that. They were probably expecting a sneak. No, and I and I I made a I made a guarantee in the Discord. Uh, I might I don't even know if it was our Discord or not, but my my prediction was that um, that Shanahan will find a way to run that play before Christmas. <laughs> it'll be, yeah, it'll be like something weird, like oh Debo's taking the snap under center, and he'll just yeah pass. yeah like he'll uh, he he saw that play and was like oh that's Ooh. fun. I'm going to add that to the playbook in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think Andrew said that in the, in the discord as well. Like that's the kind of play where if it gets blown up, everyone rips on Stefanski, but no one's going to say a damn thing about that play. The that's wrinkle that's, of that play, because it worked. Yeah. That that's why play calling is so hard. We try, we judge it all the time, but it's a much harder gig than we give it credit for. Cause it's the guys that still have to execute the damn thing. Yeah, and I think I saw a tweet, and I haven't seen very many interview clips to this point, but I did see a tweet right after the game, right after we started the pod, that Stefanski said in his um, post game that, yeah, PJ wasn't supposed to throw that ball if it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, that that one like back shoulder throw that was a uh, no, not no, not that one, the one at the end of the game. <laughs> Oh, in yeah. the end zone, he, he was not, not supposed to throw that ball. If that you should have just if that wasn't there. Ran, stayed in like, bounds, slide, do something. I don't even I, care. Honestly, honestly, that's a play you do call if Deshaun Watson is quarterbacking because Deshaun Watson would have run that ball in himself. Yeah, like one on one on a defender like that, he probably would have took it himself. That yeah, yeah, he would have run that ball in himself. So that that I have no problem with the play call. I know I did see people post in the Discord whether it was ours or another one that I'm in saying if they run this, if they don't run out, run the ball three times, I want him out of this town. I'm like, 
I, I like, can see that, a bootleg coming. I can see a bootleg coming. Terribly. Like, like if there's a chance to end the game right there, you go for it. In my mind, like I get trying to be be like, oh, yeah. you have one minute left if you waste all their timeouts. Well, you're only up two points. Just if you, if it's there, go for it. Like yeah, I have no did. problem with that. You don't have Nick Chubb to to carry the ball three times and trust that he's not going to fumble. Um, obviously, Jerome Ford has been very good about that since his literal first touch in the NFL. Ford. Um, <laughs> but he, Nick Chubb has fumbled like four times in his career, so like you can you can give the ball to him and trust that he's not going to fumble. So without that on the field. You kind of have to, you kind of have to take it out of it or be a little more creative because the Niners were selling out for the run. Yeah, and like it wasn't a bad idea. No, and honestly, the run there, the run was there for PJ. He just threw it to a covered guy. Which I mean, I get it. Like that was just instincts taking over the wrong instincts. But like, yeah, he should have just tuck it, run. I don't, even if it was like for a three yard game, just to waste clock that way. So, yeah. I mean, it, it worked out. And that's one of those bounces that you get when you're a team that is, I mean, I want to say destined to win a game, but when, when you win games, those are the kind of bounces you get. Yeah. This is the type of stuff we, tr- we credit Tomlin for with the Steelers. Like this is the type of win that drives us crazy as Browns fans. How do the Steelers always win? This is the kind of stuff that they do. They don't make costly mistakes. Sure. PJ made two, but he didn't make the ultimate mistake. Yeah. He did. The, like these are the team. These are the games that good teams win when you want to prove that you're a good team. Um, obviously you want to beat teams that you are better than. And they have a chance to do that over the next three weeks, but you also have to win some games against, against teams that are better than you every now and then you can't always get boat raced by good teams and then be Mm -hmm. expected to be expected to be in the conversation. Yeah. Like if you want to be taken seriously, even in a, very ugly style game. This is like the one that will get will definitely bring some attention to people because people were predicting the Niners to be a Super Bowl contender, and you just stole one in your stadium. Yeah, I mean, I saw, I uh, I saw yesterday. Part of my actual job is to search around for news stories to aggregate onto our website, and I was at the I was on the San Francisco Chronicle site, and there. One of their game previews was titled What the Niners Can Do to Get a Shutout in Cleveland. <laughs> and I, I was like, huh. Interesting. <laughs> so that's that's real bold. <laughs> so like so sometimes sometimes the, the football gods are on your side. It hasn't felt that way very much this season. Uh, that, especially didn't that's feel that one way where they're Pittsburgh. smiling on you. That's but where they're smiling on you. After after the Pittsburgh game and the Deshaun Watson injury and the Ravens game and everything that we've had to deal with over the last ten days, um, that one that one kind of felt like a gift. <laughs> like a, here here's a literal bone, <laughs> <laughs> a bone for the dog pound. Did it? Yeah, just 
now shut up for a while. Go win your own games. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, that's going to be one that we ride on for a while. Hopefully, they can they can they can keep it going in the next week. Um, th- this is, I think, this is the last thing I kind of want to touch on. His, if you go back and look at all the games that the Browns have played under Stefanski, when they've had a loss or a big, like embarrassing loss, they've always come back and played really well the next week. Even if they went on to lose that next game, they've always come back to play really well. So I think it does, it, it, Stefanski deserves a lot of credit. While he's not the kind of rah-rah guy that some people want to see when the team is winning, he's, he's exactly the guy you need when your team has a bad day. Yeah, like he's the even keeled. Like I'm not going to l- let this simmer more than it has to. And I know people get frustrated by that because he they want him to show emotion and yada yada yada. This is what my favorite coach acts like. But like you don't, especially in this town. I think you need a steady hand at coach, even if it's kind of a bland, bland white bread piece of white bread that Stefanski portrays himself to be sometimes. I'm happy with him being the coach here, but he is literally the perfect coach to coach a team in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we do act like the, the New York media here. I, I guess it's just because of how concentrated the Browns content is. It just feels that way sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have the bandwagon fans that jump on everything, but uh, we do have a lot of people who make a lot of noise. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it's it's nice to have – that kind of guy in the locker room that isn't going to let the team get too down on itself after a loss like they had against the Ravens, which, you know, going in through that week, the team probably felt that that was another statement game for them. You know, we're going to go out there with our starting quarterback, allegedly, and, (laughs) and be competitive with the team that has played the best so far in the division. And they laid an egg. Yeah, part of that like, was not having your quarterback, and part of that was they that was the first time their defense was tested, and they gave up two bad possessions. And to and yeah, like the score wasn't really a true indicator of what happened. It was just uh, the game kind of got away from them, and that was it. And this one, you kind of proved the merit of what everybody was talking about for those first four weeks before the Ravens game. Yeah. Now, now. Any and you've said this like three times already, but like <laughs> anyone who had any doubts after the Ravens game about the defense and how how legit it was, if you still have those doubts, find the nearest hole and put your head in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go scream at go scream at the clouds for however long. <laughs> because I, I don't know what else they need to show you. <laughs> like they just beat an, NF, an NFC title contender. Like. <laughs> Oh, well, Miles Garrett didn't. Well, who the hell cares? They held him to 17 points. What oh, they didn't get what? any turnover. Who the hell cares? They won the game. They won it ugly. Who cares? This was the game they needed to win ugly. If before, the, before the final drive, the Niners had 160 yards of offense. It's <laughs> just like, come on, guys. Like, if, you, if you're just complaining to complain at this point, just – you're you're that type of guy at the party that everybody hates. Like, just go home, Frank. Just just, just enjoy home. it. Just enjoy it. Like, this team has not won very much. Stop poking holes in the ones they get. 
Yeah, like <laughs> nobody hate everybody hates that guy. Like let us let let's just enjoy this victory for what it is. We're three and two. The vibes are back, and let's hope that Deshaun is back at a reasonable time. This is the kind of win that can propel them on. They haven't really been on a winning streak since 20, uh, 2020, like an extended winning streak since 2020. So this is the kind of win that can do that. You have this big momentous win followed by a schedule that you can take advantage of. I know you have two of those games on the road, but defense travels better than offense. Yeah, and like... If there's anything that if there's any defense that's going to go to Seattle and make that crowd be quiet, it's this one. Yeah, like they they proved that against the the best team in the NFC. So like that shouldn't be you shouldn't be afraid of what happens if they go to Seattle. You should no, feel pretty good about it. The only the only team you should feel any apprehension on going into the game with this defense is the Ravens. Because the Ravens he, are the Ravens prove that they can at least do things. So and even until then, we they see had to it, earn it the hard way with yeah. some of the plays they had to make. Until we see it, until we see it out of them against the Ravens, and I think it's like a month. We're not. We're going to have that little bit of doubt. So, but they're they're fully capable of erasing that doubt when they play the Ravens in a few mm-hmm. weeks. So yeah, I don't know. I think that's all I got. You got anything else to add? Yeah, I'm all I'm all out too. <laughs> you gonna go you gonna go yell a little bit more oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe i'm not like just to get this energy out i'm just so pumped dude that was such a great win <sighs> ken carmen's gonna be unhinged tomorrow um <laughs> oh yeah you'll you'll be hearing him before. You, you know how he does this thing in the corner where he's yelling because he can't be that close to the mic he's yeah. gonna be definitely doing that in the morning <laughs> you might be doing it from behind the glass <laughs> ken, ken is actually three rooms away we don't know how you can still hear him <laughs> Lime was just like trying to be the calm voice, and then you just hear, "Yeah, Super Bowl." <laughs> but yeah, I think I mean this is about as good of a feeling as. Uh, what's funny is I what uh, one last little anecdote before we get out of here under an hour. Um, I saw a Bengals fan that I follow earlier this week. He respond. He quote tweeted something from the Browns starting PJ Walker. And he said, wow, for Browns fans, week one must feel like a lifetime ago. And I'm like, we did the same shit in week three. (laughs) (laughs) We should have won in week two. We played bad in week four. We might, we might not win this weekend, but like, I'm not going to keep it. I'm not going to take anything away from it if it's because of the offense. Yeah. Like before we, before like the game, we were hoping for a competitive game, and they gave us that more. It gave us that and some. Yeah, like I, I think that this is probably a better place than Week One because this team is better than the Bengals. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. simple. This is a better we, team than the Bengals, and we just beat them. Yeah, so. like they only beat the 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 Seahawks by like four points. They only scored seventeen, and this is an offense that allegedly is much better at this point. Yeah, I mean, actually, I want to. We're gonna get out of here, but I want to look at that real quick. See how they did today, because uh, I like to. I like to hate on the Bengals if I can. Uh, they had two hundred and fourteen total yards, and they won a football game. They did as much as the Niners did, and they are allegedly a better offense. They, they scored Let the same amount of in. points. They scored the same amount of points. 
Let that sink in, folks. Yeah. So, I don't know. The the Bengals' double magic and getting wins they don't deserve keeps up. But, you know, hey. Sure. Well, that comes around. 185 total, total passing yards for Burrow. That, that sure will excite uh, Cincinnati fans for sure. Yeah, that, that makes me feel great about my fantasy team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bengals let me down on the fantasy front. Um, their next three are against the Niners, Bills, Texas, or next four are against Niners, Bills, Texas, and Ravens. So. Joy, joy while you can, Bengals yeah, fans. They have off next week. So Joe Burrow finally will be healthy when they face the Niners in San, in San Francisco. Let's see how that goes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's enough um, that's enough enough about the Bengals. We'll see them at the end of the season. Hopefully, yep. it means something. Um, we will be back later this week. Uh, Gerbs will be Gerbs will be fun. Um, <laughs> he uh, he had I wonder good... what it, he, he's going to think of this one listening back because he edits the podcast. For those who don't know, <laughs> he's going to think we missed something because you you were the one that started. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think, I think that's where we're going to call it quits for tonight. Um, we'll be back this week. We'll break down the Browns against Gardner Minshew. Hopefully we have some good news on our own quarterback front. Um, the Colts might get some pretty devastating news this week. If, if, uh, Anthony Richardson decides to have shoulder surgery, but, um, until then we're going to, we're going to ride on this win. Aren't we? Yep. <laughs> Go Browns. Go Browns. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, Please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.